0: Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast presented by First Federal Bank. It's Friday, August 12th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Finally, a football game. The Chiefs open the preseason on Saturday at the Chicago Bears, and we get to see Patrick Mahomes and company play outside of training camp for the first time. That means we'll get a first look at the draft class in action. There were 10 of them, and several expect to play with the first and second teams. Among the veterans, there'll be familiar faces like Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and newcomers like Juju Smith-Schuster and Justin Reed. On today's show, beat writers Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell identify one or two players by position group that they plan on keeping a close watch on. It could be an established starter, a rookie, it could be a position battle, or someone we think is playing his way onto the roster. It was a fun exercise. Let's get started. Hello from sunny St. Joe Mo, uh, in the campus of Missouri Western State University. Welcome to Sports Beat Live uh, presented by First Federal Bank. This is the show where we, talk, where we talk Chiefs with you. We're here at training camp. And please send us questions and comments as we uh, prepare for the Chiefs preseason opener on Saturday. Think of this as the pregame show. It's the first pregame show of the season. Chiefs against the Chicago Bears at noon. And we do that with the folks in the media who know them best, and that is star beat writers Herbie Tiopi, who's been humming Pearl Jam music for the last half hour or so, and Jesse Newell, who continues to square up in the great outdoors uh, on the campus of Missouri Western State. So, uh, guys, long practice today, a little longer than we expected uh, when, when the day started, but Uh, Nice little prize, couple little prizes, actually. At the end of practice today, of course, it is Zarda Day. And that is always big at training camp. Jesse, I know it's your first one. Herbie, you're a training camp veteran, as am I. It's always a happy day when the Zarda truck arrives.
1: It's actually a happy day in advance, too, because you start marking your calendar and start (laughs) sending text messages out there, everyone. Hey, Zarda's day is on X. (laughs) Make sure you bring some Tupperware if you have any. But yeah, Zarda's Day is always great to have.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and as a little bonus for us, we got to hang out with Jack today one of our uh, one of our good friends uh, Jesse. I'm sorry we sh- we didn't bring you downstairs to meet Jack. Jack's one of the our our, our loyal followers um, a, in, in our audience. Uh, lives in Leavenworth, and uh, and we just uh, it certainly enjoyed Jack's company and his family. It was great to see him today. But uh, uh, Jack, hope you're watching. All right, last practice before the game on Saturday. I think everybody who follows the Chiefs is ready for some action, ready to see the Chiefs hit somebody other than themselves here at, uh, at training camp, But we'll see it uh, against the Bears. And I thought today we would do a couple of things, but uh, and, and we'll get to this one in a minute, but I thought we would run down the position groups and identify a player – that uh, we want to keep an eye on somebody who is of of interest may not be a starter maybe somebody battling for a position but we'll go down the position groups on offense and defense and we'll we'll come up with a player who uh who has an interesting narrative or storyline going into the game uh but first Herbie why don't you just take us through no injuries to speak of um but tell us about the uh the, the cuts when when does uh Uh, When do the NFL uh, require teams to start making cuts and and how many do they cut? Just take us through that process.
1: Yeah, you'll have exactly three cuts immediately after Saturday's first preseason game. Although I, I will be remiss if I don't mention that Jody Fortune returned to practice today in full pass. But that's neither here nor there. But anyway, so Tuesday, they have to be from 90 to 85. And then on August the 23rd, they have to go from 85 to 80. And to cap it all off the big roster cut or roster trimmings, they have to be to the 53 initial initial 53 man roster for the regular season on August the 30th. So you've got three preseason games here where the coaches are really going to be watching what these players are able to do uh, in live action. So as as Eric Biennemi loves to say, they have to see consistent behavior on tape. we all strive for consistent behavior
0: on tape and, and off tape as well. But um, uh, you're, but you're right. That is, uh, that's a little, kind of a little motivator for the players, right? Uh, y- even though you, you may not make this team, other teams are watching. And when you're, when you're a team as consistently good as the chiefs, other teams know that the chiefs have good players. that They're not going to be able to keep. So we, we've seen it over the years. Now, uh, players that are cut by the chiefs absolutely end up on other teams. Um, Jesse, you had the camp observations today. Anything stand out in a, you know, in, 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 even in a small way?
2: Uh, not too much. I will uh, say that Brian's comments stand out so far. I want to see how many Pearl Jam references he can shove into <laughs> the comments uh, one for one, because, you know, we really wouldn't call Herbie a better man if there wasn't some sort of reference, reference well to uh, Pearl Jam <laughs> or something like that. Uh, but no, it was, uh, I think it was a pretty standard day. I think uh, once again, it's, it's kind of one of those, um, Moments where we're starting to see things happen over and over again, and it makes you wonder about certain people's positions with the team. And I don't want to scoop ourselves here, Blair, but once again, the running backs—you saw uh, the order of it was Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, Ronald Jones. So that's one of those where it just keeps happening, and it has happened consistently. And so you're wondering about Ronald Jones's place on this roster and potentially what they might need to see from him in the preseason to potentially keep him on the roster and move forward with him on the team. Because Isaiah Pacheco has been one of those guys in camp that has impressed, been one of the standouts and almost every national media member that passes through here in St. Joe seems to send out a tweet talking about how impressive Isaiah Pacheco has been or how much he's impressing coaches. But that's the thing about these games. And Herbie knows this. He could probably list out, rattle off five, 10, 15 chiefs names in the past where, Guys have gotten to this point of the schedule, looked great, sounded amazing, coaches like them, GMs like them, but then you go in the preseason game when the lights come on, when it's in front of fans, and they start to disappear. So Isaiah Pacheco, Ronald Jones, I think that's a major one that you're going to have to watch here because Ronald Jones is a guy with contact in game settings that's going to look better than he does in some of these seven-on-seven drills because he's not really a pass catcher. Uh, on the other side of it, Isaiah Pacheco, you heard Patrick Mahomes even say this today. Like, he fits the part. Physically, he's big. He's very fast, but can he make the cuts? Does he have the vision to be a really good running back? So uh, that'll definitely be one of the big things to watch here on Saturday in this first exhibition game against the Bills or against the uh, Bears. I'm sorry.
0: You mentioned Jarek McKinnon. That's Jarek McKinnon with one R in his first name. If you happen to read it, uh, if you story in the star with two Rs, Please know that the writer of that story knows that it's with one R. So uh, the, thank you for the edit, uh, Jesse Newell, on that. Okay. Hey, Jack asks how the barbecue was. I think you get a big three thumbs up here. The specialty today was the Burnt Ends. Oh, my goodness. Uh, burnt Ends. Uh, a, um, uh, just a, a, a Kansas City's wonderful contribution to the barbecue world, the Burnt End. And uh, Zarda emphasized that today. So, all right. Let's let's start this uh, exercise, and uh, we'll, we'll start with the offense. And I guess as a way to get into it, Herbie. Tell us uh, what Andy Reid said about playing time distribution on
1: on Saturday. Hey, he gave the obligatory, we have four quarterbacks, and each quarterback will see an action in four quarters. So, <laughs> you know, apparently Mahomes is going to play the entire first quarter, then the Chad Henney, uh, Shane Bouchelle, and then Dustin Crumb. Look, here's the deal. When you go back and look at Mahomes' playing time in the preseason, going all the way back to 2018, he's averaging seven snaps per preseason action. Last year he only played four. Obviously there were no preseason action in 2020 because of COVID-19. He played eight in 2019 and nine in 2018. So you average that out, at seven snaps. I, you know, If he goes beyond two offensive series on Saturday, I will be absolutely floored. I think what you're going to end up seeing is one – one series, and if it's smooth, it's not a three and out, he's going to give way to Chad Henney, and then it'll just trickle on down.
0: You know, uh, I was also looking at some of the uh, stats from previous preseasons, and something I noticed was uh, Mahomes in 2018, his first year as a starter, and in 2019, coming off his coming off that first year, uh, the Chiefs were, were not great in the preseason with him. They they didn't score on every possession, and it almost made you wonder what um, you know what was going on offensively. And then the regular season came, and if you remember how the 2018 regular season started, they scored touchdowns on damn near every possession against the Chargers, the Steelers, the 49ers to open the season. And then the next year, after another sort of lukewarm preseason, they go to Jacksonville and hang 40. On the Jaguars, that's the game where Sammy Watkins caught three touchdown passes. So I would caution anybody watching the Chiefs that if things look a little you know, sluggish or inefficient, the Chiefs don't get into the end zone on every Mahomes-started possession, don't worry. Um, they've got some things to work out here with, with some of the newcomers, and we'll talk about them in a minute, but... And that's why I think, uh, yeah, I don't think it's uh, – we're not going to take starters for each of these positions, but for me, watching Mahomes on Saturday and how he works with uh, newcomers, especially at wide receiver, is is most interesting to me from that position. How about you, Let's,
1: Justin? Let me just toss one thing in here real sure. quick. Sure. Based on what you just said, Blair, because it's also important to remember that teams do not game plan for the preseason. This, this is going to be a very scaled-back 15 plays, get it in there, get it out there. So it's, it's you know, you, when you mentioned don't read too much into it, you're absolutely right, because there's no game planning involved here.
2: Yeah, I think the quarterbacks uh, might be the most boring position, honestly, just because Mahomes would get seven plays, you know, and, and you're going to take those seven and then, after that, we figure Chad Honey's the backup, and the other two guys are probably not making the team. So uh, we can get to the other positions. But, yes, Mahomes is the story so far to see how he works with some of these other weapons and to see if he can get through his progressions and complete some balls to guys like MBS and Juju. But, again, super small sample. So if he finishes the game one for three, then we really won't be seeing too much.
0: And I also think that uh, when it's all said and done, the Chiefs are just going to keep Mahomes and Henny um, on, the, on the 53. It, it won't be three. Okay. Let's do it, Jesse. You already cracked this egg open a little bit with running back. It's it's really it's really become an interesting position for the Chiefs. Think about it this way, right? There are five running back candidates plus the fullback, uh, Michael Burton. Chiefs are only going to keep three running backs and Burton. So two of the five not going to be with the team, and um, it just it's just interesting how it's played out. Andy Reid was asked specifically about Ronald Jones today, and and said that, uh, look, he's sometimes he's up, sometimes he's down. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but uh, he's kind of down now, isn't he, Jesse? Well, that's at least at the moment. And, again, I I think this is a setting where
2: Ronald Jones can really shine. I mean, this is where the pads are on. He can make one cut and go. He can show his physicality. Uh, You know, he's going to be a first or second down back. He's not really good in pass protection. He's not good catching the the football. But uh, these are the sorts of settings where he can kind of go out there and get these reps, and he should have plenty of them, honestly, because – Yeah, if he's even if he's down with a third and fourth string, you know you got to play out that in the uh, third and fourth quarter as well. If you're following Andy Reid's script, so uh, watching him. But I would say maybe more than anybody else. I know we'll get to receiver here in a second, but Isaiah Pacheco might be the number one intrigue factor because of just what we talked about before. Patrick Mahomes has seen the speed, he's seen the power, he's seen what he's been able to do physically. But does he have the vision and does he have the cutting ability, the maneuverability? Uh, to break some tackles that you need your running backs to have. That's going to be a big question, and I think we'll get at least some answers from that with Pacheco going
0: against the Bears here Saturday. Kirby, what should we look at at running back?
1: (laughs) It's all about Pacheco and Jones. You know, I I know Jesse loves Ronald Jones, but I I just cannot see how he's going to fit into this roster if the Chiefs decide to keep three. In my mind, the clear top three, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jarek McKinnon, and Isaiah Pacheco. And I give Pacheco the nod here simply because He's got one of, the, one of Andy Reid's staff members you know, fully in his corner and Dave Tobe. And when Uncle Dave likes you <laughs> for special teams, you know, that, that kind of gives you a nod over a lot of other players. And Pacheco is listed number one right now as their kick return. And Tobe said, yeah, he's going to get the first shot at it. So he, he can contribute more to the team than just out of the backfield. Let's,
2: let's be honest. Another staff member on the Chiefs that likes uh, Pacheco is Brad Veach. Who drafted him? So it doesn't really hurt the Chiefs if your seventh round draft pick turns out to be a really good running back.
0: All right, wide receiver is a position where the Chiefs are replacing their number one, five, and six uh, pass catchers in terms of just number of receptions from last year in um, in Tyreek Hill, Byron Pringle, and Demarcus Robinson. They are replacing them with Juju Smith Schuster, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and of course the the rookie Sky Moore to go along with Nicole Hardman. Justin Watson, Dereese Fountain, uh, among others. Uh, let's let's start, Herbie, with the idea of the Chiefs keeping five or six uh, of these. And who's who's at the bottom of the list?
1: I'm going to say they're keeping six. My, you know, you mentioned the top four there. I'm going to say five and six of Dereese Fountain and uh, Justin Watson simply because they can play special teams. And, again, it goes back to Dave Tobe. When you, when you go back to Dave Tobe's press conference last week, And when Tobe is mentioning you by name at the podium, that's usually a good sign. And he mentioned Justin Watson and DeReece Fountain because you have to replace two of uh, core special teamers from last year, Byron Pringle and Marcus Kemp. And here's your opportunity to do it with Fountain and Watson. What do you think, Jesse? Um,
0: uh, Follow up on that and also – um who will be patrick mahomes will we begin to see who patrick mahomes favorite target will will be among the wide receivers
2: i think we've already seen that in camp it's juju at least at this point i mean he's on a really good comfort level with him and has talked to us about how he kind of sees him a little bit like kelsey where he can run different routes over the middle you could trust his hands and then be a big target in there so i think that's probably already settled to me receiver the guy you're watching sky Moore. i mean again rookie Hasn't done in a preseason game yet. We'll see how the nerves are. We'll see if some of the the explosiveness off the line of scrimmage that he's shown in camp so far translates against guys that are trying to, to jab him and stop him and, you know, hold him up at the line. So uh, this is the Sky Moore show. I would say Sky Moore and Isaiah Pacheco are the two I'm probably watching most in this particular game just because they're rookies. They're going to be playing a lot, and the Chiefs could expect a lot of them this season based off of how they perform in these preseason games. So sometimes these guys, like Mahomes, you know, you're like, hey, you're not going to really learn that much. I think with Sky Moore and Pacheco, we can learn a whole lot with them uh, when we watch this game on Saturday.
0: I want to see if we see Sky Moore line up in the backfield uh, in one of these preseason games, the, the way we did uh, Tyreek Hill early in his career. All right, Jesse, I think you and I can make short thrift to the tight end position. Kelsey, Bell, Gray, that's it. And then we can just move on. Uh, there's uh, no reason to discuss uh, any more players, any more candidates. I think the Chiefs will just keep those three
1: and uh, and go from there. Uh Herbie, you disagree? <laughs> hey, I think uh, I think they like the idea of, of running a 14-personnel package, the T-Rex that they unveiled last year. And, of course, the fourth component of that is Jody Fortune. Now, look, he's got a lot to make up here. He missed eight straight days of practice with a quad injury, but he's coming back at the right time because we're going to find out how much they're going to ease him in, if he's going to see any action whatsoever against the Bears. That remains to be seen, but at least he's back now healthy and he could play more with the last two preseason games, but he's going to make it tough. You know, it, they like him. They clearly like him. Well, you know, I like him. <laughs> Members of the Chiefs' oh, yeah. core like him. <laughs> so yeah, I think they keep four.
0: Uh, fortune has been good. He's been very good. He made a great catch today. Was it today that he that I think he made a great catch? So um, yeah, but but Jesse Noah Gray getting a lot of, getting a lot of love from the coaching staff.
2: A lot of love from red beach too they're really impressed with his off season and he stepped in and fortune when fortune went out and took a lot of those reps and as he's actually developed some rapport with uh with patrick Mahomes as well. well in fact if i if you asked me like in the last week or so behind kelsey and behind juju smith schuster who would be third i'd probably say noah gray the connection that's been between those two here in recent days so yeah he's stepped up this year and i I definitely think he's making the team and that they have high expectations for him. This is kind of a, a prove-it year for him, and uh, it seems to be going well so far.
0: Okay, let's finish up the offense with the offensive line, and uh, obviously we know the five starters, but um, you, know, and, uh, you know Orlando Brown Jr., uh, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Andrew Wiley, but I'm, I'm at a little bit of a loss after that. You guys have been to every one of these workouts. I've missed a couple. So I'm really leaning on you all to to give me an idea of first of all how many are they going to keep? Is it going to be nine, eight, nine, ten offensive linemen total? And what makes most sense as um, you know as as the top reserves? Herbie, why don't you start it off.
1: To answer your first question there, if they go with, if they follow the same MO they've done over the past two seasons, they'll keep 10 offensive linemen. Don't forget, the, with the way the rules are now, you can have up to eight offensive linemen active on game day as long as, you know, or excuse me, you can have more than the, the 48 players as 43. Sorry, I'm screwing up my numbers here. As long as eight of them are offensive linemen. So the five you mentioned there, I think Nick Allegretti is in there. I think Austin uh, Ryder is in there. So that's going to leave three. And you're going to need guys who are versatile to play inside and also your your swing tackles. And that's where the, the battle is going to be for the rest of these preseason games. And I think the guys to watch for me is Prince Tega Wanago, Darian Kennard, uh, Jaron Christian, and Roderick Johnson. Those are the guys who are all buying for that all-important swing tackle position. What do you think, Jesse?
2: Yeah, I mean, they've got some different ways they can go with this. They'll probably settle later in camp. But Roderick Johnson was a swing tackle uh, for a long time, a long period. But then lately we've seen Jaron Christian get a lot of the uh, first-team right tackle snaps or at least rotation first-team right tackle snaps when they don't have, uh, you know, Andrew Wiley in there. So it seems like they're probably hiring him lately. But, again, uh, it's sort of hard to tell at this point. But Allegretti seems like a lock. Austin Ryder is kind of a question mark because Allegretti can play some center if you need him to. But if you want a backup center... Austin Ryder makes a lot of sense. And the one I'm going to watch this on Saturday, again, I know it's going to be a lot of rookies for good reason, but Daria Kennard is the one. Um, In terms of rookies and how they performed at training camp, I think so far he's been the one that's been the lowest, uh, has been uh, the guy that has not stood out so far. And we saw him a lot today with the threes. So I'm not saying necessarily he's on the cut line, but if he doesn't show something in these preseason games and you're looking at like, hey, do they love Roderick Johnson and Darren Christian, if that's the case, then uh, potentially it sets up a battle at tackle for uh, you know two of those three guys to make it. And uh, it's not a guarantee, I would say at this point, that Darren Kennard is on the team, even though, again, he has the draft stock. He uh, was taken by the Chiefs. They in- invested a pick in him. So that gives him a leg up a little bit, but still have to perform. So we'll see how he does in these next few games.
0: Yep. Kennard's number 75. Keep an eye on him on um on Saturday, Brian asks i Let's take this one. Is Mike Caliendo worth watching? I hope I'm pronouncing Caliendo's name correctly.
1: He's been working a lot with the backup. so of course you're you're going to see a lot of him when the starters get out there, out of the out of the off the field, and also maybe even when the twos come off the field because he's been working a lot with the Shane Bouchelles and the Dustin Crumbs. You know, I'm obviously talking about the backup quarterbacks. Is he worth watching? Absolutely. He's an interior offensive lineman, but. If the Chiefs decide to keep Allegretti and you, you decide to keep Ryder, because don't forget Ryder can also play guard, so you've got those versatile interior offensive linemen. I don't see where he sits on the active roster. Probably practice squad material if he clears through waivers.
0: And and Nathan suggests Canard to the practice squad. I guess that is a possibility as well. So. Okay, let's take a break here. And when we come back, we'll run through the defense with linemen, linebackers, and defensive backs. But let's hear first from First Federal Bank.
2: When I bought my first home, I was searching for listings and negotiating all on my own. Now I'm back in the housing market and I could not imagine doing that again. But then I found First Federal Bank of Kansas City's expert loan advisors at ffbkc.com. They were kind, knowledgeable, and available 24-7. My loan advisor answered my questions and helped me feel confident all the way through closing. I trust First Federal Bank because they understand banking is personal. Apply today for a home loan at ffbkc.com homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey,
0: this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the star has to offer digitally, including sports and the E-Edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Back on Beat Live from Chiefs Training Camp with Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell. Uh, we're talking about the players that we're going to pay the most attention to, hone in on, however you want to describe it, in the Chiefs' preseason opener Saturday against the Chicago Bears. We just discussed the offense. Let's go to the defensive side, and later in camp, we'll, we'll get a little more specific when we break down ends and tackles. Um, you know, linebackers, and then safeties and corners. But just for today, we'll we'll just take defensive linemen as a whole. So uh, ends and tackles. What about it, Herbie? Who is um, who's on the spot? Who should we be paying attention to? What uh, uh, what are you going to be looking for in the defensive
1: line? George Carl Loftus, so this guy. We've watched him out here in training camp. And he's just a joy to watch. He's just a nonstop motor, and I, I cannot wait to see how that translates to game action. Because now his teammates or his coaches aren't going to get mad at him if he hits the other player. Because now he can go ahead and go do that. How much action he gets though that remains to be seen. Because you know if he's working with the ones. Uh, They may pull him out of there when the ones come off, but I I really cannot wait to watch this guy play in a live game. What do you think, Jesse?
2: Yeah, I'm actually going to stray off of the rookies for one time and say Frank Clark. He might have limited snaps, but I'm just so interested to see how this new skinny Frank is (laughs) going to perform. He's kind of been known for his power rush, and now he's in much better shape. looks great, but uh, again, how is that going to work? Is it going to be good for him to have more speed, or is that going to be bad for him to have less power so can he make a disruptive play in the limited time he's in there I think that's something to watch and then even a guy like Malik Herring um, we've had a lot of heard a lot of buzz and been around a lot of buzz for him uh, when he's come you know from OTAs even on so he's a guy that needs to come in here and make some plays in the preseason obviously the Chiefs as Jordan is mentioning they, they just signed Danny Shelton, former first round pick for the interior defensive line they st- seem to still be looking for solutions there so some of those guys on the interior, it would be a good time to step up and make a couple plays to show that you deserve to be part of this team.
0: Shelton's not going to obviously going to play. Um, but, uh, but Carlos Dunlap will play. And of course he's, you know, the most the, the recent acquisition part of the defensive end rotation now. And uh, I think, you know what, but little we have seen of him at training camp. It's been good. He's his size. <laughs> he's a big guy. Um, a good sized player. And, and Jesse, I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned Malik Herring. He's probably haven't talked enough about him, but he's, he's a very interesting guy, um, uh, a guy they were pretty high on a year ago. And uh, I'll be, I'll be interested to see if he plays the second or the third quarter. I suspect the third quarter uh, sometime in the second half, but also somebody to kind of keep, tr- keep track of on, on Saturday. And how about the, uh, how about the linebackers? I I think this has been an under the radar group. They have, they flashed their athleticism here in, in training camp. Willie Gay in his third year and Nick Bolton in his second. And um, I just uh, – I've been impressed with those two. They can't get, you know, very limited hitting in training camp. But, uh, but Jesse, it has been uh, pretty impressive. Willie Gay has come up with a couple of interceptions and in seven-on-seven and 11-on-11 seven seven 11 11 drills. Um, uh, I'm, I'm kind of eager to see what this group does.
2: Yeah, I would say that for me in like three weeks because those guys seem to have taken on leadership roles. Uh, you know, I think Provo Focus ranked the Chiefs linebackers top five or top ten. So, I mean, the Chiefs should feel good about that, especially if you're thinking about their nickel package when you're going to have Bolton and Ye on the field, and that's two of their top defensive players. I'd say for this game, to me, uh, Leo Chanel, he's been mostly with the second team, kind of gotten a few first-team reps. But again, it's another rookie. You see how he performs and you see how well he does when the pads come on in a real game against a different opponent, when he can play with physicality. We've seen him in some of these drills when he's been able to hit and fill some run spots. He's been able to do that on run blitzes. So it'll be good to see him out there. And then also Elijah Lee, just because he's been running with the ones mostly, and can he hold on to that spot? He's mostly been known as a uh, special teams player up to this point in his career. But we know Spagnolo is not afraid to put a veteran out there if he trusts him, and uh, that might be the spot for Elijah Lee, especially if Leo Chanel not developing as quickly as many people thought he might when he was a third-round draft pick for the Chiefs.
0: Okay, Herbie, I've got a name uh, of a linebacker that Jesse didn't mention, but
1: I want to see if you mentioned it. Who
0: who might you be keeping an eye on Saturday?
1: Probably Mike Rose. I want to see how Rose does. You also have to – because you got to remember the Chiefs have to replace a lot of special teamers from last year. Ben Neiman is gone. Uh, Doriano Daniel is gone. So how can Rose fit into this piece? You know, the other interesting name is going to be. Uh, Darius Harris, because he was another one of those guys last year who was on the practice squad and got called up a lot to fill in on special teams. Look, Mike Rose is a thumper, big 12 defensive player of the year out of Iowa State. So he's certainly a guy to keep an eye on as well.
0: Yep. He was my guy. Um, I I was really happy when the Chiefs signed him on the the day after the draft or maybe the night of the draft. I can't remember exactly which, but uh, uh, this was a guy who was the defensive player of the year in the big 12 as a as a junior. So, um, you know, I just, he just hasn't made any kind of standout plays yet, at least that I've seen, but uh, maybe he needs game action to, to do that. Okay. Let's do the defensive backfield and we'll wrap it up with uh, safeties and cornerbacks. Uh, part of the fab five group that uh, position coach Dave Aaron identified uh, at, uh, in the press tent the other day, um, I think there are a lot of the Fab Five that are that, that are worth watching and paying attention to and seeing if we've hyped them up, haven't we, Jesse? We've hyped up some of these guys, and and then Dave Merritt hyped them up even more. What uh, what are we going to see on Saturday from this group, and who should we be paying attention to? Everyone, basically <laughs> everyone.
2: Uh, no, I mean really, you know, they have so many of these guys in the secondary that have. They've been happy with in camp, but how are they going to look in the game setting? I would say number one would be Joshua Williams to me. I mean, if they can hit on another late round draft pick that turns into be a starter for them, like they've been able to do in the past, that's a huge thing. Now, again, he probably won't be a starter now because Rashad Fenton is back, but to get some depth at that particular position to have another guy you can go to and count upon, uh, that would be a big thing for them. I, I, you know, McDuffie will be another one. Obviously, Jalen Watson has been in with the first team some as well. Uh, I want to address the question at the bottom real quick with Juju about whether they would have an extension with him if he did well. It's kind of an interesting question uh, that Paul does. I think if he does really well, he probably signs for a lot of money elsewhere. And if I think he does really poorly, the Chiefs probably don't re-sign him. So it's kind of like a weird in-between, right? Like for him to to be with the Chiefs next year, they're probably not going to pay for huge for a receiver, uh, but they also don't want to sign a guy if he gets hurt and doesn't produce. So I would say an extension is probably not likely with him. Uh, same reasons that the Chiefs didn't. Uh, you know, end up signing Tyreek Hill to a long-term deal uh, just because with Patrick Mahomes, uh, you're going to find creative ways to make it work. But uh, I think that one's probably a long start at this point. We'll see how everything plays out, but it's kind of an interesting scenario where if Juju does well, and I think the Chiefs play well, that's probably the best scenario is that he plays well, the Chiefs do well, and then Juju moves on after
1: the season. To, to, to piggyback off of that, too, you also have to look at the contract structure. It's a one year deal. So he's coming off of an injury plagued year with the Steelers. So to, to me, when you see a one year deal with a veteran like this, that's a prove it deal. You sign it and prove it. You got one year to prove it to us that, you know, so he's in the contract year. And as Teres Taylor used to always say, the contract year is undefeated. He's been good so far. He's been the best wide
0: receiver in training camp as far as I'm concerned. All right, Herbie, you have a thought on on the secondary
1: for a lot lot of candidates here. Yeah, and I do, and I'm going to dig deeper because these are two guys unheralded who are like in the shadow of the Fab Five. DiCaprio Boodle, you know, from from Nebraska, he's actually flashing out there. Every now and then you look up and you see number two making a pass breakup. The other guy I'm going to look at here is Brandon Dandridge. I'm not saying Brandon Dandridge can make the 53, but he's certainly some of the Chiefs are probably going to keep an eye on. Hey, can we get this guy on our practice squad to continue continue developing him? Don't forget, two years in the CFL, you you can't knock professional experience. And he had a, he had a couple of nice pass breakups today. Of course, he is the Missouri Western
0: product. To see if he can uh, practice in some Missouri city outside of St. Joseph, that would be his goal. So. Uh, I'm gonna go with Brian Cook. Uh, I, I really have liked what I've seen from him. Another one of the rookies, I think we've covered just about every rookie in some fashion here. Uh, but i'm I'm pretty excited about his prospects. when the chiefs play three safeties in a dime, I, I think he is uh, I think he has a chance to be a terrific player. All right, uh, great conversation, Herbie and Jesse, and uh, again, Chiefs at Chicago Bears, noon kickoff on channel forty one. Saturday afternoon, we'll talk about it after the game. Uh, after I figure out when these guys' flights are taking off on Saturday, so um, we'll uh, count on a conversation, uh, post-game conversation, Chiefs and Bears on Saturday. Monte Davis, great, uh, uh, great producing again as always, and thanks to our sponsor, First Federal Bank. We'll talk to you on Saturday. That'll do it for today and this week on Sports Beat KC. Thanks to our production crew of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A salute to our sponsor, First Federal Bank. Their website is ffbkc.com. And a tip of the cap to Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell for sharing their insights. I've said it before, and I'm saying it now. The Morning Sports Edition, available through kansascity.com, is the best sports page in the country. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com to see what I mean. Thanks for listening and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC